Welcome to the Drop Doctors Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content. G'day everybody and welcome to another episode of the Draft Doctors. Yes, that's right, I am not Stevie Fizz, but I am John Crockett. Uh, we're talking all things positions and that's why Steve's not here. He's been trying out his new role as an ambassador for Shed 16. So lots of positions going on there, I would imagine. Uh, but we do have a very big in this week back from his sabbatical. It is a statesman. Welcome to you. Yes, uh, great to be back, and hello, listener. Um, I, I will say with this one, there's there's a reason why I don't use uh, uh, Steve's tagline being the poorest man in fantasy footy, uh, and that reason is I'm a very busy man. So uh, absolute credit to John Owen Cam that I've actually done some research for this. So I'll just be making some comments rather than uh, have had a deep dive in the position discussion already. Yeah, well, it is ranking season. And we'll get into it, but I suppose we've got we've got Cam here as well. We've got to introduce Cam. How are you, mate? Oh, good, mate. I, I think very underrated state of going, hello, listener. <laughs> like one listener, which is accurate for this time of year. Well, everyone that's listening is just a listener. So it's actually making sure it's personal for them. Oh, that's a state. You just, come on, man. Too good to these people. And can I make one other apology? I am sweating like a pig here, and, and you guys can see this, of just how glossy the old uh, forehead, and I hashtag very old forehead, um, but it is currently, just having a look, it is, feels like 40.2 degrees right here in Darwin right now. Oh, you have yourself a nice cold shower after the pod. Let's, let's, let's stretch this one out, Cam. Let's see how we go. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think this could be a really, really the, the tightest hour and a half on positions. That I think so. And We're going just, player by player, all eight I, or 900 of them. I'm also not surprised that Shed 16 came up in the first sentence of the pod, and it's probably going to come up at least a few more times. So strap yourself in, um, which is, you know, again, what they might do at Shed 16 anyway. So let's do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We are talking all things positions. Uh, Warney, the master of all. Um has released him and the trader boys they really finally released the positions was it friday or saturday just when the uh, before the afl fixture was dropped so well done for spoiling their big day um jono can i just call out the outrage this is the part, fake outrage yeah well i just don't understand why we have to have outrage with the position it's the same for us all it's not this one position is excluded or included just for you as a player. Everyone's the same. So therefore, when we start our drafts, we are purely and simply working off the same position sheet. It actually exactly. doesn't matter. That's true. That's true. Uh, you can feel, yes, it's all the same, but you can feel a little bit let down when it comes to keepers, right? When it comes to keepers and you can be like, oh, that guy didn't hold. That's a bit. That's a bit shit. But, well, that guy got BPP. That's awesome. But before we start, on the other side of like in our keeper league, I've got Isaac Smith and Ben Cunnington. Like my forward line is weak as shit, but them two have popped up now as forward as serviceable. You know, so mm. I can look at different aspects of my team now and where to target. Like maybe more midfielders, defenders, whatever. Where I've now got a solid base of forward lines. So, so the, is, at it that is the outrage come if you've traded someone out through the? the year thinking they're just going to be mid only and then isn't it outrage should be on yourself 
Yes. Exactly. We, not the data. Project. People project. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I, I will say there was a bit of clarity. I, I think about three or four weeks ago, I may have mentioned that there was a waiting to the end of the season um, mm. for the positions. Um, it got clarified through champion data and, and through the AFL Fantasy podcast, thanks, Wani, to say it is whole season data. Okay, there you go. Very good. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have actually looked, gone through the positions, but at first glance, it sort of looks like some pretty good forwards, mids are mids, rucks are interesting, and I think the hardest position looks like Maybe the defenders this year. Like we've lost a lot of defenders. Um, probably and I'm outraged. Three. So you should be. Like we've lost Jack Crisp, Lockie Whitfield. You know who who we say might really isn't really a primo the last couple of years. And um, Jaden Short. They're probably the three biggest ones that you notice straight off the bat. Um, speaking of Jack Crisp, we know he played a lot of midfield time uh, last year, and a really he was look he was good without being great. He's, he's sort of similar. That I reckon, like to Jaden Short, like he killed it in that halfback role. That was his bread and butter, and then he got shifted into the midfield and sort of was sort of lost for a little bit. Where he's that one ten average dropped down to a, what a ninety ninety five. So, mm. what was already a locked and loaded D one is now like where do you look at him? Where do you look at him as a midfielder now? I think he's solid. I don't think there's any doubts about that. And I don't know what he averaged this year, but I reckon it'll be just under that ton. So that's a really solid midfield position. So I think if you get him at a M3, maybe M4, maybe better value, then you've got the benefit and the possibility of a DPP change throughout the year, seeing you've got you know a bit more depth in that Collingwood midfield. And all of a sudden it becomes your D1. You don't want to draft him expecting him to be D1. And there's a couple that you mentioned in one hit that I think that's the way you treat him. You take the value and maybe put him around up just in case. So if he was going round seven, um, you should be comfortable picking him round six, make sure you secure him, and you might get an extra benefit at the end of the year. But if you do this, it is so important that you ensure you go deep and have really good depth in your midfield so you can utilise it as a benefit, not as a hindrance. Well, I reckon... Hey, sorry, you okay? Oh, I was just going to say, just in... I agree with everything you said, stated on it. The, the one with Chris, but you'd be hoping that Tom Mitchell in helps maybe push him back a little bit, but the concern is that Nick Dacos looked really comfortable in the same role, right? So um, can... Can, is there a need to push him back or will he be another fiddle in that midfield? And if he is just going to be another fiddle there? You well, know, the, the talk's always Nick Dacos going into that midfield, isn't it? Well, and he, he might, but he was so effective where he played. So, mm. you know, and I'm pretty keen to hear Stato's view on that. Like, would he... Is it someone where you maybe as crisp or, as you know, it looks like Jack Crisp could... I'd say his score could go lower than last year. Yeah, there's he put a possibility. Some poo, poo scores when he was in that midfield. Like that hundred average base, if that's what he averaged, that was all built when he was playing defence. Like I had him in our home league in Murdoch Ball, mm. and he was mm. absolutely braining it. As soon as he hits the midfield, like he was pumping out sixties and seventies in Supercoach. Yeah, yeah like, but that's Supercoach. It's not fantasy, and the reason is he loses that intercept mark opportunity. Yeah, 
Because you, um, you get on, added points yeah. for taking a mark. Uh, you you know, do, By yeah. not having anyone around you. <laughs> just um, just on the positions more broadly, John, on, on your comment, you know, have you had a look and, and how much have you gone through them? So I just had a quick look before we jumped on to record this. And it, it might look like we've lost a lot of defenders, a lot of high-end defenders, but actually in the just on the top 50 averages from last year. So there's 14 key position players. That's, you know, DPP or or just standard forward defender arc in the top 50. And of those seven are defenders and four are forwards, right? Mm. So I'd suggest it's maybe still, and that's, I think Connor Rosie slipped just outside the top 50 last year. So that's excluding people like him. But, you know, for me, it feels like there's still a fair bit of, it's it's still probably weighted towards a defender. Early um, on. Yeah, well, I, I think you'd probably draft forwards first before defenders, and defenders might drop off a little bit, but there, there seems to be a bit more depth. Yeah, yeah more, I more depth. building my ranks out, so I haven't really got that clear picture yet. i just got a quick question of the scoring on Murdoch Ball. Um, so you get extra points for intercept marks. You get extra points for contested possessions. Do you, act, do you actually get extra points if you're on the right wing? <laughs> of Excellent. course. Excellent. It all depends on how you influence that um, that right wing. Is it positive or negative? <laughs> um, I did mention Lockie Whitfield. Uh, he is now a mid only. Mm. And oh, he was terrible last year. Let's be honest. He was terrible. But isn't this good? Isn't this fantastic? Because everyone's on the hate for Witty. And and I don't mean everyone's on the hate, but everyone's sort of relieved that he's midfield only, so you don't get sucked in. You don't get sucked in and drafting him early because he has been unreliable with his body. Therefore, this makes Lockie Whitfield a great bargain, probably a little bit sort of more midfield in the in the draft. So you're talking maybe he's still on the board at round nine or ten. Possibly, and it all depends on what pipes Kingley Kingsley is going to do with him this year. Is it, you know, going to lock him down into one role, or is he going to play um, multiple roles like oh, we saw last year? Yeah, I think you're guaranteed he's on the wing. Right, they lost sixteen players out of their midfield group. They're, mm. they're mm. going to be they're going to be borrowing kids from the under 14s at Blacktown. Pretty I think strong, um, pretty strong from what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> The I, I think with Witty, it's um, I, I agree with Stato. It's probably good. And I, I think in most leagues, someone's going to reach just on name value. Like even though he's been a little bit um, you know, stinky, stinky. But you look at him, and you look at the same people of, the, of that average in the midfield. Chalk and cheese, you'd go Whitfield. Yeah, you know, every yeah. time. Like mm. even five points above, you'd go Whitfield every time. So it's a, oh yeah, the know, upside's there because we know what he can do. Yeah, Correct. and so and, I, and I, I suppose to Cam's point is how many people in. Uh, salary cap picked up Tom Mitchell, aka the Statesman, uh, midway through the year, even though you knew what was happening, just on mm. the hope that it, it yep. might come. Mm. And Let's so, I actually poor coaching, I, I think if the, you ask me. Yeah, agreed, <laughs> agreed. I actually think the benefit is, is to not draft him. Like, just see if you know, if especially if you're, you're hesitant around his injury history and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I'm, not worried about the, I'm not worried about the in, injury history. Like, he, what, he's had a yeah. couple of concussions, collarbone, big warps. I'm like, it's not really, like, you know, 
continual hamstrings or feet injury. So the yeah. injuries are by not worried worried about that. It's just more mm. more role for me for Whitfield. I, I, I think role and injury makes him a bargain later on. Um, I, I know people might get sucked into the name, but the reality is, I just think you'll end up being there a lot longer than what he should. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, and moving on, another one that caught my eye. It was more of a surprise that he actually held his forward status. That was Steve Cornelio. Um, mm, I thought he just was just going to be a mid mid only this year, but now when you sort of look at it, you've got Dunkley, um, Taranto, and Cornelio. They're probably your top three off the board, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, mean other his... people will get um, caught up on Rosie. So mm. Rosie. So if if you're in a draft with Doss. And there's a run and rucks in round one. Um, and Dunkley, Cogs and Taranto go off the board. There's a chance that Doss is picking up Rosie at pick six. And I know that sounds absolutely stupid, but everyone will be panicking. And this is what I've seen so far, that you, you look very quickly at the list and you're going, to have a good F1, you need to probably go early. Mm. Mm. And I think Dunkley will be number one draft pick in I agree. just a, a wide range of um, of drafts this year. So just on average, by the way, so Cogs is the second best forward on the board. And in in my head, he sees a bump from all the mids that have left. Correct. Like I find find it really hard to believe he's not going to be in the guts. So he could be really great. Do you have his average there and, from last year? Because it was around the 100 mark, wasn't it? 98.4. Yeah. Yeah. I know in Supercoach... He's gone 110 before, and that's right in I think the wheelbag. I think he did in AFL Fantasy, didn't he? He went 108 or 110. Yeah, he's around that mark. Yeah, around so, that mark. so I can see a return to that next year. And, and, and he's never going to get tagged. He's just one they'll just let go. Yeah, yep. sure. And, uh, you know, to add a little bit of fuel to it, if I'm drafting right and you miss, say, on Dunkley and Taranto, because I think they're the two best forwards in the, the draft next year either of the other two on the turn is fantastic i think before that you're too early Who, who's the other two cogs and uh rosie okay so you reckon they're on the turn i reckon they'll be on the turn yeah so, so oh, what's, i reckon, I reckon recency bias right recency bias is gonna propel rosie up i reckon i find it yeah look in some leagues for it's sure too early. I, I, I think it's too early as well but I, they're for sure, the drop off after that is severe. By the way, I'm punting Rosie. You don't want him next year. Oh, of course I want him, but yeah, uh, you, he's, yeah. he's not going to be available, for and I'm willing to pay for him. What, where Fair would enough. you look to buy him or draft him? Um, well, I, I would probably want two premium mids and preferably one of the top three forwards. So the earliest I'd go him is round four. And the reality is I'd probably be looking for a D1 at that stage. I think mm. something that's really interesting, I didn't know this and I only saw it on the AFL website yesterday the day before around Ollie Wines' meniscus injury. So he had a, halfway through the year, he copped a meniscus injury and there was apparently a whole bunch more going on there. Had surgery in the off season. He's only just getting, uh, I think he, he'll be back in full training in January, but he only recently started running. Well, their yeah, midfield um, coach has so, come out and said they want to get all the young kids in. So you could see a lineup of Butters, Rosie, and Horn Francis. I mean, you, for sure. But the the thought is that Rosie bumped significantly 
when they're saying that wines went down with the meniscus and it hampered him through the rest of the year. It's like, yeah. well, you know, there, there is a world where Rosie doesn't produce what everyone's expecting him to because of that alone. But, mm. Mm. Uh, the next one, again, it caught my eye. I thought it was pretty interesting. It's Wayne Miller. Uh, he's got the forward status this year. He had a lot of salary cap hype and everything last year, but coming off the knee, uh, didn't quite produce, but he's still got a name and we know what he can do. Has anyone got any interest in drafting him sort of late as a bit of a pop? Soup Nazi for me. Next. Next. Okay, just a, just me then. I, I might just have it. I'm, I'm tempted to have a nibble late on him because like, it's going to cost you nothing. And if you get him at F4, F5, then you just throw him back in the pool. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, this one's more of your super coacher, Ben Cunnington, with the forward status. You own him, don't you? You own him. I own him in our That's why he's on your list. You own him. <laughs> but this is more for our super coach listeners there, Stato. So this is a guy who just bangs out a ton every year. So he... For every super year? Coach purposes, so, so what the average last Except year? for the years when he's injured or doesn't <laughs> play. Smart ass. Every year. Every year. But for super coach, like, he could potentially be a top... He'll be a top ten. He could be top ten forward next year for Super Coach. Like that's absolutely massive. How Clarko plays him, eh, who knows? But uh, it's going to be very interesting for him. He'll, he'll be right up there for your Super Coaches next year. No, nothing to say about Super. I, Coach I think players? he like for AFL fantasy, he could be fine. But he'll be, me... he could be nineteen AFL fantasy as well, couldn't he? He's it's his depth for me. He is depth. Uh, and he's got no other position. I don't think he can play as a forward or a defender. So he, he'll be in the guts if he's there. But, you know, who do you draft, Errol Goulden or him? Oh, Errol. In Supercoach or AFL Fantasy? Doesn't matter. Pick. Errol. Ooh. I'd take Errol as well. But I, I think they'll average about the same it, next year. If I need to know Cunnington's role, if I knew Cunnington's role mid, mid only, like playing yeah, and he has one role. Oh, yeah, what, but who knows with Clarko? Who knows with Clarko? Mm. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd take Cunnington. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see what Clarko does, and it's just going to be a great unknown, and we're only guessing if we say what happens. Yeah, because you've got, you know, the Captain Zeeble, like, surely he doesn't play. That's another That's another podcast. That's next week, I think. Yeah. Um, I had Liam Shields there. I saw North picked him up. Um, he's a mid-forward next year. Anyone taking a nibble on that? So you got oh. Cunnington Shields in the midfield. What are you doing with LDU, Simpkin? Simpkin. Well, Simpkin can play outside. But do you reckon Clarko wants Simpkin to play outside? I don't know. I, I don't think Shields is a walk-up starter. I think like he's they, depth. I think, I think he's depth. Yeah, and depth. they brought him in, uh, I don't know if you, you guys... For leadership or something like that. It was leadership and... Because he wants to, he's got a passion for list management. He wants to get into uh, list management, and they apparently have a, a space for him. So it was like, come, 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 help lead the young group and build, build you know, culture. And you if can, there's an injury, you'll a, play. Yeah, and and you'll be okay. in list management the year after type deal. Okay, I yeah, I only saw you as a there for leadership. I didn't know all about that other stuff. So um, that's fine. Mitch Duncan with the defender status. We think we bandied that um, at the end of last year. Mm. Ranking him's going to be hard because, hey, yes, he can score, but, geez, he's quite old man injury prone these days with soft tissues and whatnot, isn't he? I think you you just, 
and this is the difference with draft fee salary cap is that you you just take the punt. Um, this is a really good scorer, um, high end. So we're talking. He's effectively a D one. Oh no, and, no, no doubt. Um, so obviously, if you've got the focus to grab a forward and a couple of midfielders, he potentially might be in the fourth round. It's a really, really good D one. So I like him. Yeah, he's the eighth best defender on average. There you go. Yeah, so for sure, I reckon he's, um, you know, at least around that mark. And the next guy, for a guy who was playing pure mid, he's got the defender status. Angus Brayshaw, that's that's sort of back when he was playing, when he came third in the Brownlow. Like, even though he's playing midfield, he's got the defender status. I did not even see this coming, to be honest. Did anyone yep, think he was going to get absolutely. that? Absolutely. He played as a defender um, um, for a long period of time um, when Salem was out. So he played on the halfback flank, and whichever role he takes between the two, seeing they've got two dedicated wingmen now on that squad, um, he's just um, a classy and reliable D one. Yep. So no, no, no qualms about picking him and seeing um, what happened last time, uh, unless there's some form of odd way that they put him in a strange position like a half-forward flank, but I just can't see it. Yep. Okay. And this guy was traded for all the monies in the world, uh, got the defender status, Jack Bowes. Uh, I was talking to Cam about this off-air, about what his role might be. Cam, would you, you want to lead this one and talk about Jack Bowes? Yeah, I kind of think he'll... Zach too, he's been playing a defender midfielder type role for the last little while and it's sort of shown by his I think he ended up with defender midfielder status uh, for next year as well I kind of think that Bose will play a similar role and it's two he's now I think 33 potentially 34 by uh, end of next season it, it could be a sort of a trend like to fit into the system I think that's where he'll he'll play he's the right type of player for it as well uh, and this guy, more again for the super coaches, um, average about 85, 88 last year. It's Jordan Clark. Uh, he's got the defender status. And when you look at the Fremantle team, they've lost a host of those defenders out of that team. Like you've lost Darcy Tucker, Blake Akers is gone. So there's potentially a role for him to maybe improve uh, from next year. So I'm, pr- I'm pretty key keen on getting Jordan Clark next year because he could potentially go a little bit higher than he did uh, both formats this year. So average around the 80s, could pop even to a 90 um, mm. next year. So D3, D4 range pops up to a D2. Pretty happy with that. Just like between him, Hayden Young, uh, and someone like a Luke Ryan, and then you look at Heath Chapman, there's so many serviceable players back there. And I, I think the game plan leads to them all scoring above 80 for an average. Like, I think it's it's fruitful down at the Fremantle defence. Absolutely. Jack Bowes heavy. Jack Bowes heavy, fair enough. Uh, Cam, did you have any players that on on, a, on the list that caught your eye? Yeah, the, I had a couple there um, that I was just keen to get your perspectives on. So Sam Berry losing forward status... He was pretty good last year um, when he when he had his forward status. Let me just check his um, average here. 
He finished the year with 84.3 average. Is he completely irrelevant next year? Or given that he started the year as a forward and that probably, you know, lowered his overall average, would you take a bite next year? He's an interesting one because a lot of his score was built on tackles, especially mm. in Supercoach. Um, I might have mentioned in, in a previous pod that if he can sort of balance it, maybe lose a tackle, tackle and a half, and gain maybe another four possessions or get to... Because I don't think he even averaged 20 possessions. But if he can get to, mm. say, 20, 21, and maybe average five tackles instead of the eight or six tackles, he'd be pretty handy in that M6, M7 bench roll. Yeah. Stato, what do you think? Yeah, I'm a bit wary on Adelaide midfielders uh, outside Laird, to be honest. I just don't know what the actual future grouping is. Uh, I think there's even more certainty in Sydney, and they've got way too many to, to manage. So it's it's just a really interesting space um, mm. and more of a pre-season watch Adelaide Crows because um, I... I They've got so much of the younger talent, and he's part of that, that I just want to see who's going to get those permanent spots. I think I'm excited about what Adelaide can produce from a fantasy perspective next year. Like, really excited, so for sure. Who's, who's, who's got him in the draft kit? Adelaide. Uh, not me. Not me. I'm Brisbane. Must be... Um... Smiling Steve. Must be. I have to check just in case it's me and I look like an absolute goose. But (laughs) um, in saying that, it's such a hard list to judge. There is a few standouts, Dawson and Laird, which are just so plainly obvious. The the rest of them, I I think... Now, there's going to be some really good stories that come out of it. There's going to be some prize packets come out of it. But yep. who who it's gonna the bump gonna go to is really interesting mm. at this stage. I'm really it's a shortened preseason too, so it's going to be a real interesting watch. It's their it's their second under Burgess, and look at what happened to Melbourne on the, after their second year. Yeah, I'm pretty and, pretty hype. And you could right. just imagine the more midfield time articles are going to come out from the Crows this year. It's there's just going to yeah, it's going to be a huge amount of them. Um. A couple of others that I just thought were interesting. So Brad Hill retained his um, defender forward status, which is really handy when it comes to drafts, and we know he's going to um, play on the wing. Uh, he's already come out and said that that's where they're going to play him. So I think that's interesting. Tom Atkins retained defender status, even though he played bulk midfield time hmm. uh, throughout. So that's actually a pretty good win if he maintains that role as well. Uh, and Nathan O'Driscoll, uh, who, who I was pretty keen on if he maintained um, a, a dual position status, has unfortunately come through as mid. He was only, only. wing this year. When he, he played basically he played wing. wing. Yeah. yeah, I had hope. And uh, we're, yeah, that's that's probably it. All right, we'll um, move on to the questions now. Plenty of questions this week. Thanks everyone for sending those in. Uh, Ninja Spoon. Uh, four weeks of buys, does that impact on how deep your bench should go in single season draft or just turn waiver movements up? Oh, geez, did I get excited when this was announced. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, I, I will say this is a bit off-brand, but um, I've always liked the the buys because it links to strategy. It, it 
it's a strategy game. It's a little bit less important in, in draft, but um, still being smart on the waiver during those weeks are important. Um, at the end of the day, um, for draft, you just play your season like you play your season um, and you just make a, a couple of turns the last two rounds of those buys when you've got the two lots of six teams having weeks off. Um, the two and the four should be um, minimal impact unless you're really highly loaded on one or two clubs, which is rare unless you can with 14 Geelong players. Um, but at the end of the day, it shouldn't impact too much. And as I say, you you, you just accept that somewhere along the line you're going to lose a game uh, during the buys, and if you can find the way to, to win the other three, you're sweet as. Yeah, I, I love it because... Going back to home league, it's everyone's playing for a win, and people are dropping like guys that you wouldn't yeah. drop. Like, yeah. and see, if you're sitting there, you're sitting pretty, like you've banked early wins. You can just go, hmm. For instance, someone's dropped a, a butters to the waiver. It's like you're number one. It's like, hmm, I'll take a butters. Thank you very mm. much. And we see it all the time. Like people just going for wins, ad dropping all the time. So it's beneficial for you as well to watch that waiver wire because someone could drop, you know, a ninety odd averaging player that might have the buy, but they need that win. So just keep an eye on, on your waiver wise and you can pick up some pretty handy players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Russ2468, I sense this is a Shed16 crossover pod. As I said, Steve on his ambassador role is at the Shed16. Uh, checking out all, all the positions. All the positions. Yeah, and, and he'll <laughs> share confirmation of positions very soon. Absolutely. Um, he's got to double up. Warney and the Fizz. It's it's the not the uh, men. It's not the section that people wanted in the draft kit, but <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Shed Sixteen. Uh, Russ asks again, what are your initial thoughts on the fixtures? Have they changed your ranks at all? Uh, I don't look at fixturing when doing my rankings. Yeah, and, and I will say that uh, the, the reality is that the fixture has much more relation to salary cap. So you, you look at Melbourne Western Bulldogs round one, um, starting with a, a Tim English, who we think might be a, a top two ruckman, is probably not the best way to start the season because you're against uh, Max and Grundy. Um, but the reality is for a draft, you got them for the... Uh, you got them for the whole year and you need that squad balance. You shouldn't be drafting any different um, link to the fixture unless someone's playing West Coast Eagles every single round. I think um, fixture really matters throughout the season for trades more than anything. So if yeah. you're looking at... Or waivers, few, especially for finals yeah, waiver, too. For look finals, to, yeah. For finals yeah. streaming. But, but you can't really... You know, there's there's no data yet on the on who's going to be good and who's going to give up points in the midfield, for example. Shed uh, sixteen bookings. Yeah, that's yep. it. well. There's plenty of data on that. And but Steve, if you got a Thursday off, why not? <laughs> yep. I hear the Fridays go off as well. <laughs> um, Carla has a couple of questions. Uh, what role position do you see Jared Berry playing this year? Likewise, Curtis Taylor, and also will. Finn McRae ever get a permanent question, uh, a permanent gig? All these questions and many, many more. Uh, obviously, this refers to next year, not this year. Oh, wow. So, Jared Berry, uh, let's start with him because I reckon we 
finish the finals going, how big is Jared Berry going to be next year? But then you bring in Josh Dunkley. So you think someone's getting pushed outside, so Mitch Robertson's no longer on the list, so someone's taking that wing role. It's just whether it's a Berry or it's a McCluggage. Um, if it is McCluggage, like I assume, then Berry's basically your, your midfielder on the bench that's potentially getting the 60 to probably max 70% game time um, and relieving those and rotating through those mids. Um, I certainly think he's better than that, but you build a premiership team by having someone as good as Barry as your your fifth or your sixth midfielder. So it's probably where I see him playing this year is through uh, midfield rotation or potentially the wing. But unfortunately, I just don't see him getting bulk CBA. So therefore, I think he's scoring slightly restricted. Yep. And thoughts on Curtis Taylor? Yeah, it's um, he sort of started playing up the ground a little bit more. So he, he's sort of a half forward and they started giving him some time on the wing. Um, I think there's some potential there, but there's also a lot of players on that list. There's a, there's a lot of young talent. So whether he gets sort of pigeonholed as that sort of half forward, which might limit his scoring. I think with him as well, you know, one of the ones that came off terribly in the positions, he's mid only next year. Yeah. So I, I, you know, it's almost undraftable, I think, but he could be a good one for the waivers, I think. Yeah. And, and Dossie's boy, poor Finn McRae, talked him up to be the next Jack McRae, but mm. sadly not. Sadly not. I think he's, he's like going to be okay. Brother. He's he's a he's a slow build and a slow burn. He's worthwhile, uh, I I reckon, in a dynasty league. Yeah. Cause what was Tom Mitchell's contract? Two years, three years. Oh, he's going to get three at Collingwood at least. Okay, so yeah, McRae bides his time till then, be 25-ish, ready to go. Oh, I don't think they'll keep him on the list that long. Oh, no. wow. It, no, it, as in, if he's not playing, if he's not getting game time, I don't Ooh. think they'll keep him. He'll either Cam. go to another club. Oh. Dos, dos high, hot Cam not. Hot takes, hot Line takes. through, he's off. Oof. Hang on, let me oh, just timestamp this. Well, yeah. <laughs> End <laughs> of co- career announced by Cam. Oh man, Soz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, Slapinski holds forward. Where do we rank him? Is there any upside? I, I don't think, think there's, there's upside. Much upside. Yeah. Like, he was serviceable. God, like, I think he's good value though, because uh, we're all there was a lot of excitement about him last year. Like forward listed player that's going to play guts. Dossie wrote a song which we know is the kiss of death. Name me one that's moving forward um, this year out of Dossie's list. It's it's minimal. Even Hugh McCluggage is likely and was part of the regression candidates. So well, um, I was thinking about it with George Hewitt still battling that. You know, good old, and Sam Walsh not training till after Christmas. Come on down, Paddy Dow, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I said right, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But um, so I think... Lipinski's one that's going to drop down the draft boards to quite late and is going to be top value because I, I think he still holds a good role, a little bit like Berry. He's, you know, number four, five, six through that rotation, but he's going to be a really good solid scorer as a forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I've done this correctly, but I, I think he comes in as the 13th best forward 
Wow. I, yeah. That's much earlier than what I would have thought. And, I, I so it drops off to you. But, but the, the skank with Mitchell will be high. Stank even. Stank. That's good. Skank. Skank. <laughs> skank. He's skanky. He's just not hoeing a... himself out to the uh, Hollywood women or something. I don't know. I've heard very nice things about Tom Mitchell's partner, and I just think you've dragged her through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good uh, Oh, I love our listeners. Uh, Milne asks, which position do you like best, mid-ruck or the standing wheelbarrow? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, there is I'm, a, I'm a there is a, a time where, guy, guy. <laughs> where <laughs> at shed sixteen go the standing wheelbarrow as well. At shed sixteen, the standing wheelbarrow is probably a lot of people's favourites. <laughs> um, I'm just moving forward. Mini monk ten is Darcy Cameron more valuable as a forward or a ruckman? As a probably standing wheelbarrow. <laughs> can, can I say this one? I think is all about strategy. So at, at the end of the day, we're suggesting to punt the rucks, which means you don't punt Darcy Cameron because he's a forward that's going to play as a ruckman, if, mm. if you make sense. But, you, but you're not but, drafting Cameron as a ruckman. No, correct. But in saying that, if, 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 you're, if basically all the draft is punting rucks and you keep punting away... And then all of a sudden they have this massive run and there is no one left. Then you can grab a high quality midfielder while everyone else is fumbling around the lower trash. Oh, the, other, the other section of that is that you can actually find that there's a chance that you can actually find a high quality ruckman, even off the waiver or very late on a draft that ends up performing really well which means you can move him back to the forward line. So that it's actually about strategy and how the draft lands. Now, we all have strategies when it comes to the draft, but as we know, drafts go pear-shaped very quickly. Runs happen, people get nervous, people change focus. Um, I think he should be considered reasonably high and as valuable as a F1. Where's he sitting there in the... the um, the data cam uh, when we put it in forwards would he be in the top eight? Uh, he huh. no. So oh. he's just above Lipinski. So he's twelfth. Twelfth, and and I think there's no Grundy. There's upside. Oh, for sure, there's upside there. I, I think what um the the way what I did last year and it worked pretty well. Uh, I took. Sam Darcy, Sean Darcy, sorry, a little bit too early. And I used Tim English as insurance. So it was like, I've taken a ruck really early and I want to make sure that I still have a pretty decent ruck. So I'm going to take a ruck forward so that if my number one ruck goes down, I'm not completely hurting. Yeah, That worked out really well for me because uh, Sean Darcy went down a bunch. Tim English could flip over to ruck, you know. Yeah, well, it's so if it, ruck carnage last year anyway, so... It was good to have that flexibility in your team. For sure. Ruck and, forwards and so are I, so important when it comes to draft. For Absolutely. sure. Uh, pack and send. Ask, is Jaden Short a trade or a holding keeper? You'd hope he gets DPP back at first opportunity, but assuming he doesn't, what's his trade value, e.g. current defender now? 
Uh, I wouldn't be trading Jaden Short for the life of me. He's a mm. high-quality keeper. Now, he's not a midfielder long-term. Um, his ball movement says he goes back to the half-back line straight away. Especially they've got Taranto and Hopper in there. Oh, yeah, they, they don't need him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I would be just holding, holding fat, uh, even if he retains midfield for a year. He's still going to be a good scorer. But if you've got a suck in your league, I'd be putting a low ball offer out for him. That's a fair shout. Yeah. Like, if you look at it the other way... like You're a scammer, Jono. I'm willing to deal with all the time. rude bastard. <laughs> but you look at it the other way, like people go, oh, mid only, he's got to be shit playing the midfield. Like I'm like, yeah. well, I'm buying all of that Jaden Short, thank you very much, especially with Taranto and Hopper in there. If mm. everyone that plays draft didn't listen to us, then it would be a valuable tip. It's a valuable tip because there are listeners there, but you know they're in draft leagues and their teammates, league mates, don't listen to this pod. So yeah, and we appreciate you, listener. No Steve here. We appreciate. <laughs> uh, Frio crude asks, "What the fuck do we do with the four weeks of buyers this year?" Yes, uh, get excited. I'm uh, <laughs> surly to Hansard. So many opportunities for a shed sixteen in this pod. <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered that. Covered that. <laughs> Uh, Frio Crude asks again, how high does Dunks go? Uh, Josh Dunkley, will the play be to punt Rux harder or deliberately snare uh, someone like the Pride early? Oh, God, the Pride scares me this year. Yeah, me too. Dunkley's definitely number one, probably number one pick. Yeah, I I think he's he's definitely top three um, because Laird, it's Laird, Took, Steele, um, oh, and fate, there may be hype still. on Mitchell. Jack um, McRae season, my friend. Yeah, well, see, there's all those ones. Um, but Dunks is right up there. So we, we expect that he gets the role that he always deserved um, and unlikely to get any tags, so he'll go really high. Um, yeah, you punt rucks. We've always said this, haven't we? We yeah. And you punt them even harder. Uh, absolutely. Um but if you get the opportunity to get the right type of ruck forward, you can do that early. It gives you security or it gives you great flexibility. So what do you say <clears throat> Tim English might be the second best ruck? So let's say Tim English and Romar, you know, you have an opportunity to get one of those at round. Like when do you bite? What round do you think it's uh, appropriate? Yeah, Two, three? Three? On the yeah. swing of the two, three maybe? I, I just wouldn't do it, uh, just quite simply. As much as I'd love Tim English, and I've got him in a in, in keepers, um, and very glad that I have. Uh, just what you're missing out elsewhere. But how yeah. how does the how does it play out? Um, he'll go. He'll definitely go first three rounds. All three, uh, both those two, English Marshall will go first three rounds quite easily. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's interesting, but yeah, I can see both of them going very early. But, but people there, will be just a, scared of Grundy and Gorn. Yeah, there's a world where the pride is in the top two ruckman. There is oh, a world. I, I reckon the the play might be sit and wait for Grundy. I think there's a world hmm. where Grundy actually scores really, really well. Of course there yeah. is. And there's a yeah. world that he's um, gone the in the sun. first two rounds. Yeah, which is not a good world, but it's true yeah. though. If if 
So on the turn, um, Cam's gone Rosie, someone goes Roma, and then the run starts where you've got English and then people panicking going, shit, we've got Max, we've got Grundy, and then then the rest of the world is Sean Darcy mm. with Jackson sitting there. People will jump on those those other guys. Is there a world in which Melbourne used Grundy as like this as that super sub, like play him for sixty percent of the time no. you sub him? No. All right, then I'll move on <laughs> to the next question. <laughs> uh, Joshua Hart has a keeper league question. Um, one of these three players make the final cut. 15 keeper spots in a 5-7-1-5 format. That's uh, Big Oscar McInerney, uh, Pal Pepper, or the handsome Tom Lynch. I'm going Oscar. To... I'd go Oscar as well, but it's hard to know what... Don't know what format, has. if it's super coach yeah, or... Yeah. Or like whether if he doesn't he's have got another other Ruckman. That's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Oscar. Yeah. Um, General Turok, any tips to build upper body strength to pull off a flying 69er? <laughs> we we have great uh listeners don't we i i feel like i love our community it's very good what part of the body uses would you need is it like more core is it sh- shoulders arms uh, our pod is so lowbrow that we have <laughs> listener questions like that i tell you what i'd be disappointed if we didn't get nominated for Best sex podcast next year. What do you reckon we've given anyone positive advice on sex? Have we Some helped would... anyone <laughs> other knows? than talk about it? I don't think we've actually helped, advised, or built confidence for anyone. We have a foot in both camps. We're sports. We're fantasy football. We're sports, and we're sex education. Whew. I think we're. I don't know if we're sex education. No, I like people have just people just are going to Google flying, flying sixty. They're going to Google flying sixty nine because. <laughs> How does that work? Go- I actually had to Google it. What is it? Can you explain it for me? No. <laughs> Not in this time slot. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like more people are going to get injured after listening to this pod than anything else. It would have to be... No, I'm not going there. No, um, just John Mitchell. On. John T. Mitchell, Dunkley and Taranto to be both top four picks. Is Rosie an F1 option? I don't know if Taranto's top four pick. Potential yeah, round one. Oh, pick. oh yeah, yeah, Toronto. Well, I think he's uh, well, one the pick. ability, the ability suggests um, he's as good as Dunkley. There is a real difference, you know. How often has uh, Richmond had a, a top five scorer in the competition versus Brisbane? Mm, agreed. So I, I think you need to put that into perspective. You also look who's actually around that midfield group and although they've brought some some depth in um you can't fit everyone in so there are going to be people that need to have a bit of half forward time now one of their main recruits is just a mid only the other one has got some flexibility and flexibility is taranto so there's a chance mm. that he plays mid forward I think it's yep. pretty interesting. Like, and it's kind of got to be one of those ones that you just double down on, right? So if you pick him up at four, you have to completely believe that he can go back to one ten, and you need to probably pick up another forward on the way back before you take your first mid. It's, so you basically, it, yeah. It's funny because of his cost. 
because of his cost, I'm likely to start with him in salary cap. So there's mm. upside. I think he's a guaranteed top six forward, but sure. I probably don't want to reach in a draft and ignore um, those top mids that we've talked about. Yeah, before. Steele, Took, McRae. Correct. You know, all those guys. Yeah. Like- yeah, I, I, there. I don't want to miss a captain opportunity to get Taranto in the forward line, who's mm. potentially what I reckon is probably a hundred averaging mid uh, mid forward. Mm. Yep. And is Rosie an F one option? Yes. Yeah, yeah well, so. you guys are taking him on the turn. Well, I'm, I'm saying that's where he'll turn. go. I, yeah. I haven't built out my fo- I haven't started my fours. I'm working on rucks and defenders at the moment, so mm. haven't really looked at the forwards. He's not in my top three forwards. He wouldn't be top three forward. He'd and be a top, potential top ten forward. He'll be and, a top four forward. And then I've probably oh, really? got Darcy Cameron ahead of him. Oh, really? Well, so with the flexibility in a draft that Darcy yeah. Cameron actually creates. Mm. I don't hate it. I like it. And to round it out, Daniel, I hope I pronounced this right, Lucev, Luchev. Um, do you think they have got most of the positions correct this year compared to recent compared to recent years? They've got all the positions correct because it's all on data, so they're hundred percent correct. And if you've got any questions, um, hit up Warney. Yeah, Warney's Warney the man. He doesn't actually look at the data. It's probably where the confusion actually starts. He just Warney just has positions pulls it throw, out of his hat. Th- yeah, throws a name. Steve. That's Steve. He he pulls the position out of the hat at shed sixteen. Warning, yeah. fantasy footy position straight out of a hat. Now, it's all data built. Champion data provide that data, which is based on the starting positions of the 666. Normally each year there's like, oh, why has this guy got this, this, and this, and this? I haven't really heard much. Like You've gone on about it at the state, but I haven't seen much bitching about... Or I saw K's from the keeper. He'd go pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah. he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, did. he did. So the starting position of Jordan Degoe, although and, and the coach made it clear as to, we see him as a forward, but his importance at the centre bounce yeah. um, was the reason why he started in the midfield. So he should start at the centre uh, centre bounce, which from memory, and please don't quote me if I'm wrong, it said he was at 77% of centre bounces which means there's 23% where he wasn't, which might have been on the bench at some times, which might have been up forward on others. But, of course, if you don't make that 35%, that's where your issue is. Now, you might have people that actually start at the half-forward line as part of their 666, so therefore considered their starting position the forward, that actually therefore roam to be an extra midfielder while general play is in, or even slot down and, and roll and weave in the back line. But if they're starting positions, like a Bailey Smith, he's a classic example where at the beginning of the year he <clears throat> was effectively playing wing but starting half forward. Mm. So if you do that enough, all of a sudden then you're going to get forward status. So that's how it happens. Yep. I think it's pretty pretty good this year. Have Like I said, haven't done a deep dive, but looks relatively weighted towards forwards. Yep. So wherever you but, start at the starting position of every time that there's a centre bounce, that's where your position is decided. It's clear cut. Absolutely. Any other queries, questions or thoughts? That's all the listener questions this week. Uh, I appreciate 
um, both of you doing a fair bit of research, saying I'm the, the busiest and not the poorest man in fantasy footy. That's all right. It, it is ranking seasons at the moment. It's the happiest time of the year. Some might say it's Christmas, but uh, ranking seasons yeah, are the best. Yeah, more now. important. More important. So thanks to warning that for dropping the positions. Um, they're all out there. Check out their pages if you haven't seen them yet. Um, they've done it by team, by team, by team. And and I just want to add before we finish, um, the team are already working hard on the draft kit, so we're expecting that out nice, nice and early this year. And I think from what we heard before, the draft kit will be brought to you by Shed Sixteen. And cost you sixty nine, sixty nine. That's right. Look, it's, a, it's a price increase for yep. sure. That that but was their, that a was Shed Sixteen stipulation. More. That was their stipulation, not ours. Yeah, and, oh, and uh, we will give some secrets away, uh, including how we're doing the flying, flying. 69. <laughs> that's a video. That's, that's, if you didn't do the kickflip, you've got to do a flying 69. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I think already that's... been sent to hospital with one of your challenges, gents, so uh, no more. What? Thank you. I didn't get the simple thing to kiss a shoe. What did you? What was you haven't you, done a kickflip. You're kidding me. I went down the park, this is just at the start of COVID, and tried to start setting up doing a kick flick. I went arse over tit and almost ripped my shoulder out of bloody joint and ended up in the hospital. All right, well, flying 69 it is. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Draft Doctors Podcast. For more tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au.